0: Welcome once again to Maple Grove Covenant Church. So glad that you are here with us this morning. My name is Chad. I'm pastor here. We're going to wrap up our series entitled Beyond Us. And I must say, it's been fun for me to sit and listen to some of the great communicators that have come here and, and shared with us uh, this message of moving beyond ourselves in prayer. We're Jacqueline to the King has spoke to us, and Todd Rasmussen from uh, Daystar University, and then Matt Massey, and Lynn, and uh, last Sunday, it's been fun to to hear people speaking to us, speaking to me, as we've been listening and desiring to move beyond ourselves for the sake of others. And this morning, we're going to wrap up the series, and I just want to start off with a question this morning. It's a question that I ask some of my kids when they wake up in the morning. I said, hey, did you have any dreams this morning? Anybody ever wake up in the morning and, and you can remember your dreams? Anybody in the show hand you can remember your dreams? Anybody wake up and you can like never remember your dreams? I, I, there's a few of you out there, just like, I just sleep way an too hard, I can never remember my dreams. Anybody daydreamers? any daydreamers in the room today? Anybody have any dreams or visions for your future? Anybody have any dreams for your future? Well, I, uh... When I was a kid, I had this recurring dream, I don't know if you ever have a recurring dreams, but I had this recurring dream that happens right around the fall, and it even happens to this day. It's kind of an odd dream, a little strange, but every fall, and especially as a kid, I would have this dream, I'd be hanging out, I'd be I was asleep. I'd, I'd be in my house, just kind of hanging around house. I a phone call. I'd be my hockey coach. And my hockey coach would say, hey Chad, you know, we need you, we need another player down there, come down right away, and all of a sudden that would be, you know, moved into in the locker room, I get my hockey stuff on, I had all that could on, I'd go on the ice and play the game with mean, the coach would you know, pull me aside again, and he'd say, hey Chad, we're down the goal, time's running out, can't you get up there and score a goal? And then I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd say, yes, I'm go. you know, put me in, I, I can, I can play, I don't know, does anybody have that dream?
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know what it is, but every fall, there's this dream that I have to do something significant, to win the game, to score the winning goal, to do something for my team. And it wasn't just a dream in athletics, I also had this recurring dream just in my life. This was a dream that I had as a kid that, that got a little strange, but my my, my uh, brother, my younger brother's at the top of the stairs, and I was right next to him, he'd fall down, I would save him, put it back up, and then fall down the stairs. It's just this weird dream. But it was a dream to save someone, to do something meaningful for the sake of others. And if I think you look inside your heart, you have a similar dream. You have a similar desire, a similar longing to do something meaningful, to do something significant, to do something that lasts beyond Each one of us had a dream, a vision, a desire. God placed that inside of each one of us. And and for those of you that are followers of Christ, if you remember Acts chapter 2, the the Spirit of God descended upon the first followers of Christ at Pentecost. And you remember what happened to them? The the, the old men had dreams, the young men had visions. Their hearts were awakened to a new reality, to do something for the sake of of others to move beyond themselves and save someone or do something meaningful or do something significant. Because no one wants to waste their life, right? No one wants to get to the end of their life and look back and say, well, that was a waste of time. All of us have a dream, all of us have this longing to do something meaningful, to do something significant, to do something great in our lives. But sometimes we misunderstand the meaning of greatness. Sometimes we we misunderstand the meaning of true greatness or true significance. Sometimes we equate being great at
1: something as
0: being great. Like If you're great at athletics or if you're great at making money, if you're great at some sort of business endeavor, then that is what equals greatness. And somehow along the way, we've misunderstood the true meaning of greatness as being great act instead of being great. Right. And there's a story in the Bible about a woman who had a similar problem. She wanted her children to be people of greatness, people of significance. She didn't want her children to waste their lives. So she had a conversation with Jesus. And, and, and in this conversation that, that we read about in Matthew chapter 20, we learn the true meaning of greatness. We learn the true meaning of what it means to tap into that longing inside of all of us to make a difference with our lives. If you have a Bible, i you to turn to Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. The words will also be on the screen. But in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, we get a vision. We get a 2020 vision of what it means to be great. We, we get a, a new understanding of greatness. And in Matthew chapter 20, Verse 20, we read about this, this mother, this woman, and her request to Jesus. Now, chapter 20, verse 20, we read this. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of well, him. You can kind of picture the scene. Maybe it's the first day of school, and that guy, back then it was the first day of rabbinic school, and this mother goes to the teacher, the rabbi, the principal, and says, You know what? I want my children to succeed this year. I want them to do well. I've got a favor to ask of you. Jesus answered, What is it that you want? He asked. And she said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Grant that Two boys will be people of significance, people of power, people of influence. Grant that my two boys will not waste their lives, but they'll do something great with their lives. It's a mother's request, it's a father's request, it's a grandparent's request, it's, it's all of our
1: requests. It's the request of
0: our own souls to do something meaningful, to have positions of influence, not to waste our lives, but to do something meaningful with our lives. And Jesus. Responds, verse 22. You don't know what you're asking. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't really understand the, the meaning of greatness. You, you, don't, you don't get it, Jesus said to them. Now turning to the boy, he says, Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink of suffering? Can you drink this cup of suffering, he asked these boys, and, and and they said to him, yes, we can, they answered in their youthful ignorance. Yes, we can. We can do it. And Jesus said to them, verse 23, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to say that my right or my left is not for me granted. These places belong to those from whom they have been prepared by my Father. These places of influence, these places of power, these places are there that, that God have been given. He chooses Who goes there. But indeed, you will drink from the cup of suffering. You you will drink my cup. And then in verse 24, we we, we see this interesting dialogue. When the ten heard about this, the ten other disciples, they were indignant with the two boys. They were upset. They were irritated by the two boys that asked their mom to help them out in order to get positions of power. They were irritated and, and frustrated. With these two guys, and and there's a little bit of rivalry between these disciples about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And so Jesus does what every good coach does, what every good parent does, what every good teacher does. He gathers gathers his disciples, he gathers his followers together, and he teaches them the true meaning of greatness. He teaches them the true meaning of significance. He, He says, if you really want to tap into that desire inside of your heart to do something meaningful, this for greatness. Jesus calls them together and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them. Th- these, these Gentiles, they have their positions of power, their positions of authority, and they misuse their power for their own ends. They lord it over them. They abuse their power to meet their own needs. And Jesus says to them, as he says to us, not so with you. Not with you. Not with my followers. Not with my disciples. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Never wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for men. See. Greatness comes to those who serve. In the economy of the kingdom, the greatest of those are those that serve the most, that are the slaves of all. That the first will be last, and the the last will be first, and the greatest will be the slave or the servant of all. Greatness comes to those who serve. Whoever wants to become great must be your slave. And this is good news, isn't it? This is good news for those of us that may never win the the hockey game and may never save someone's life. This is good news for those of us that will never be great at athletics, or great at business, or great at music. This is good news for all of us because all of us can serve. I can serve. You can serve. We can serve. We have opportunities every day of our lives. Serve people to move beyond ourselves and serve others in love. Every day, every moment of every day, we have opportunities to be great. See, Jesus does what He always does. He redefines the meaning of greatness. He says, "Greatness is no longer being great at athletics, or great at business, or great at music, or great at anything. That is bad being great at anything." It's that that's not what it means to be great. Being great is using your influence, using your power, using your wealth for the sake of others. It's serving others for well. And that is great news. Because I'm never going to be great at, usually, I'm never going to be great at business. But I can serve, and you can serve, and we can serve others, we can serve our spouses. we can serve our children, we can serve in the church, we can serve our neighbor, we can serve, and we can walk down the path. Greatness. Greatness comes to those who serve. Greatness comes to me, greatness comes to you. Greatness comes, that means that we can be great. We can be a great church. We're going to be a church known by our service. And one, one of the things that I've noticed about you as the church of Name government church is that many of you are great. Many of you may not know this, but you serve so well. You know, some of you use your skills in accounting to, to serve missionaries overseas. Some of you paint walls. And, and, and some of you volunteer with the youth or in the nursery. Uh, some of you are, are, are doing great things here at church, and God is doing a great work through Did you notice people people have much with their orange shirts on? Did you have a chance to read the back of their shirts? Some of them read this. It says, I care, so I run. That's great. That is a picture of greatness. I care, and so I'm going to do something I'm going to run 13.1 miles, and I'm going to raise almost $14,000 to provide water for people I do not know or can never meet. That's great. That is a picture of greatness. That's walking down the path of greatness. And it's just those of you that ran the race. It's those of you that volunteer here at Lake growth. A number of months ago, we volunteered in the city to plant flowers. We got our hands in it, and we, we planted flowers. Because our city volunteers, we said, yes, we want to serve our city. And we didn't just stop there. We volunteered for making real things. You know, there was an auction or there were some other opportunities to serve or there were the vet races. And, and we knew that in providing that need would be a blessing to our city, providing beds for people who don't have a place to sleep. Greatness comes to those who serve, and those are examples of greatness. And it wasn't just the race, it wasn't just your neighbor girl, but our youth went to Denver. They, they raised money and they spent a week, and they learned how to serve the homeless. They had breakfast and lunch with the homeless, and they went to different ministries, and they learned to walk down the path of greatness. And some of you also went to the Dominican Republic, as it wasn't this year, it was previous years, where you partnered with a local church. You provided water, or you reached up to the kids, or you did construction, or you worked with the women in order to provide income for the families. That's a picture, right? It's using your influence, it's using your power, it's using your wealth, not for yourself, but to serve others. And love, see, so greatness comes to the to serve. And many of you, right? And I want you to be able to hear that this morning that we are walking down the path of greatness, and many of you may not know this, but we as a church are giving generously to people in need. I just want to highlight a couple of examples, because this is something that you can celebrate. We just want to have, you know, in the back of the program, or in an email. We want to celebrate this as the body of Christ, as we gather together on Sunday morning. I want you to hear where our resources are going, because we give 10%, over 10% of our income every year, goes to, to ministries and to people outside the I just want to tell you a few of the people that have received some resources just this last month. Those $2,000 went to the Covenant Denomination. Our denomination that we love, that we support, that we're part of, we wanted to give to their budget because they were neat And they're doing great work around the world. So we gave $2,000 to the Covenant Denomination. and stop there. We gave $3,000 to the Covenant Bible College of the Congo. You see, because there are pastors in Congo that share a Bible. And they don't have a Bible in their own language. So we provided Bibles in Lingala so that they could read the scriptures and teach the people in their neck. Boy, that's phenomenal. We also gave $4,000 to church planning and church revitalization with our, with, with our denominations. And so we believe that the church is the home of the world. And our colleges, our denominations are doing great work to revitalize churches and to plant churches. So we want to participate. So we gave some money there, and then we also gave $5,000 to the movement in Kenya. This guy's doing an amazing work in Kenya. And, and Kenya is sort of the heart of East Africa. If you influence Kenya, you'll influence the ripple effect throughout that neck of the world. So we want to provide uh, resources to the pastors, to the leaders, to, to the people of Kenya to continue that work. And then we went to the Northwest Conference, our local uh, uh, conference. And if you remember a time at our church when we were going through a difficult time, the Northwest Conference was there. We want to get $16,000 to you. The Northwest Conference to continue your great work in providing for the needs of churches and, and to reaching out to others. But we didn't stop there. You see, there's this movement in, in Sudan where there are 55,000 believers in Sudan that are, are part of the covenant movement. And, and, and they needed walls for their conference office. And, and they had ceilings the and they had some walls, and they needed a place where their leaders could meet. And not only week but to sleep at times in order to minister to the over fifty-five thousand people in, in, in Sudan. But we gave over eighteen thousand dollars to say, hey, you know, put the put that office together. Provide this place where you can sleep so you can continue doing ministry, so you can provide for the needs of the hurting and the hungry in Sudan. It's not wonderful? Because to those who serve. But the doorway, the greatest, the path of greatest is to give it away, to give your resources, to give your, your finances, to give yourself sake of others.
1: And I tell you these things not so
0: that we pat ourselves in the back. I tell you these things not to say, wow, look at how good we're doing." I tell you this to say, look at the greatness of our God. Look at God and the amazing work that He is doing in us and through us. Because we are moving down the path of greatness. We are moving down the path of giving ourselves and our resources and our time for the sake of others. We're moving beyond us for the sake of others. You know, that's what the Apostle Paul did. I mean, you know that, don't you? The the great Apostle Paul, you know, the one that our capital is named after, St. Paul, This, this guy that wrote half the New Testament, he gave himself to people me. Just want to illustrate by example his life. Now when he first came to believe Jesus and the Messiah remember when he did? He, he, he first he learned and he grew in his own relationship and then he went to the leaders of Jerusalem and he said to them I want to share this message of Jesus to the rest of the world. I want to go into Greek cities and proclaim to them that the Messiah is here because Christianity the movement of Jesus is not just for Jews it's for everyone. He says, I want to go, and I want to share the message of Jesus, his death, I and mean, his life, his death, and his resurrection, so that people come alive and live eternally. And the Jews, the Jewish leaders at that time said, hey, that's great. We want you to go and share the message of Jesus. But remember that there are people suffering right here in Jerusalem. There are people in need, physically, provide for their needs. And Paul says, I love them. Because if you remember, Jerusalem, in the first century, during the, the, the movement of Jesus, was going through a very significant time of suffering. Persecution was all over the place. The Christians couldn't find jobs. They couldn't be in the guilds. They, they, they were thrown out of their homes and scattered throughout the area. And they were suffering there in Jerusalem. So Paul made a decision. He says, I'm going to go out and share the message of Jesus, and I'm going to raise money to, 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 to help those that are suffering. That's what he did. He shared the gospel, and he cared for the poor. He, he shared the message with Jesus, and he didn't forget those that were suffering. That's the model. That's an example. That's the apostle Paul, and the great work that he did. And, and, and In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, you don't have to go there. It's going to be on the screen here. Paul communicates to the people this method that he uses to share the gospel, provide for those who are suffering. In 1 Corinthians, yeah, chapter 16, verse 20 says this. Now about the collection for God's people. Now about this collection, this service to the saints, this money that I'm raising for this church that's suffering in Jerusalem. Now I want to tell you about that. He says, do what the Galatian churches do. he's, He's sharing this to all the churches. Do what the Galatian churches do. On the first day of every week, Sunday morning, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. Come on Sunday morning with some money in hand to provide for those in need, to continue sharing the message of Jesus and provide for those that are suffering in Jerusalem. Come and do that. So that's what Paul did. He went to all these different cities, sharing the message of Jesus, and taking up this collection for the church that was suffering in Jerusalem. And in, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, he refers to this collection. He reminds the Corinthians, the followers of Christ in Corinth, this collection that he is raising for the church that's suffering in Jerusalem. He says to them, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. He says, the church in Macedonia is great. They are doing a great work, and I just want you to see and hear what they're doing in Macedonia. He says, that, out of the most severe trial, they're overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Not the scriptures that we usually find with rich generosity, but this church is great. They're doing an amazing work. God's doing an amazing work through them, and it continues. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their own, I don't know how they gave, but even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us to share, of the privilege of sharing in the service to They pleaded with us, they begged us, they, they, they said, we want to make a difference. We want to move beyond ourselves. We want to tap into this desire to, to live a life of significance and share in the service to the saints. And they plead with us. They urged us to give to, for the privilege of giving to the church that's suffering. Truth. And then, and then jump down to verse 7. Now Paul says, now about you. This is the church of Macedonia. Now he says to you. You Corinthians, not not you maybe Romans. He says, "You Corinthians, he says this." But just as you excel in everything—your in faith, and speech, and knowledge, and complete earnestness—and then your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Just Corinthians, you're doing know some good things as well. You know, you're excelling in speech. You're learning a lot. You're, you're, you're knowledgeable of the Word of God. You are people of faith. But, but I want you to excel in grace. But giving. There's some room in your heart, there's some room in your pocketbook to grow, to, to excel in this place of giving. I want you to grow in your ability to move beyond yourself financially to provide for the needs of others. Then we're saying, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test you. I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. I think Paul's kind of hitting the low belt here a little bit. He says, I'm comparing you to the Macedonians. Remember what the Macedonians did, right? I mean, they pleaded, I mean, they gave sacrifices, I mean, they gave up. I'm comparing you to to that church. I think he's sitting a little below the belt there. Uh, But he's testing their love. Because your love for Jesus is always expressed in your willingness to give. But then he focuses in on this great, fundamental, foundational truth if we ever want to move beyond ourselves And in verse 9, he says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, that for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. He says, I want you to look at Jesus. I want you to look at how he had all the riches of heaven. He gave up all the glories of heaven to to, to come down as a baby and to be born in a barn. He gave all that up for you. To become rich. He he gave up communion with his heavenly father by going to the cross for us. He says, look at Jesus. Look at the sacrifice that Jesus made on your behalf. Look at the one who moved beyond himself for your sake, so that you might become rich. Rich isn't just so that you might have wealth. Rich is so that you might be able to give to the needs of others. See, so if you ever want to become great, if you ever want to become generous, you've got to look at the sacrifice for the of Because true greatness, true generosity, is an overflow of gratitude for the sacrifice. That Jesus made on our He gave him the riches of He gave him communion with His Heavenly Father. He gave it up and, and lived this wandering, impoverished life and died a brutal death on the cross so that we might become rich in Him and have much to share. Do you want to be great? Do, do you want to tap into that longing inside of all of us to do something significant with your life? Look at the sacrifice that Jesus made. Look at how he didn't come to serve, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. Because true greatness comes as a response to the amazing sacrifice that Jesus made And out of that, we can't help but give others, give our time, give our resources, give our, our, our gifts and our talents so that others our need by have their needs met. Do you want to pray? Then look at Jesus. Look at the sacrifice that Jesus made. And a few hours later this afternoon, we're going to be packing food for those in need This is just an opportunity that we give people here at Makeupon Church that, to meet people's needs. We want to pack 275,000 meals and span of a day. And this is an opportunity for you to move beyond yourself to supply food for those that are suffering greatly in Haiti. And there are shifts, you can sign up here, or you can just go to the community center and pack food or give money if you don't have time, or you both, in order to ship this food to those in Haiti. We have an opportunity for us to move beyond ourselves. But before we do that, I just wanted to ask Linnea. Linnea, help me, come on up here, because she, uh, she was involved in a service opportunity this summer that we haven't had a chance to hear about yet. So in closing, I just want us to hear from Linnea as an example.
1: As an example for us of someone that's learning
0: to walk down this, this path of moving beyond ourselves. So, so Linnea, how old are you? Eleven. Eleven years old. And who uh, are your parents? Jill and Mike. Jill and Mike, how and uh, you had experience in something called Camp Surf. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, we, um, we went and we made sandwiches and then we went to a homeless shelter. We shoveled rock and um, weeded at the, ch- at the church that we were at. We um, pulled buckthorn at a um, nature center. We went to a assisted living home and we um, We made cards with the residents for the troops. And we went to a guy's house and then we um, washed windows and then we pulled weeds.
0: And, uh, and so it was you and your friends, we've got a photo here of some of, the, some of the young people, 10, 11 year olds, of, of, of those of you that went on there. And tell me about the, the guy that you, you, you happened to wash his windows. What was that experience like? Well, um, as we
1: were washing the windows and as we were pulling the weed, when we were his smile just kept getting bigger and bigger as we were getting more and more things done. So.
0: And uh, what did that do for you?
1: It really made me see that um, even the smallest thing was watching the windows or pulling some leads can really change day. Yeah.
0: And, and how did that make you feel?
1: It made me feel really good. Yeah. So so why, you know,
0: out of all those things that you could do or did do this summer, why did you choose to do camp service?
1: Well,
0: I thought it'd be fun, and I just like to serve. yeah, it'd be fun. I just kind of like it. Yeah,
1: and um, you think we'll do it next year? Yeah. Yeah, like definitely or kind yeah. of. Also thinking about definitely. it.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I'm gonna do it next year. Yeah. And, and what are you gonna be doing this afternoon?
1: Going
0: packing food. And why are you gonna do that? Because it's fun. Because it's fun. I already answered that. That's a It's <laughs> fun. I I kind of I kind of enjoy doing that. And, 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 and I would say you as an 11-year-old and your friends and 10-year-olds, you're, you're learning this to become great. That that greatness is about serving others. Well, let's give it up for Linnea.
1: <laughs> if Linnea can do it, we can do it, right? If Linnea as, as an 11-year-old can do it,
0: so so can we as 88-year-olds, or as 70-year-olds, or as 16-year-olds. We
1: can excel. We can grow. We can move beyond ourselves
0: and become great as we serve others in the Because greatness is not about being great at that or great at business, or great at music. It's becoming great and service to others. Do you want that? Do you long for that? Do you want to live a life of follow Jesus down the path of grace. who did not come to be served, but to serve. And give his life as a ransom. Jesus, we do thank you for your life and your example to us. We thank you so much for you left the riches of heaven to be born a barn. to, to, To live the life of a drifter. As a man who is familiar with sorrows and never not have a place to lay his head, you left communion with your Heavenly Father to go to the cross for us so that we might become rich, rich in our relationship with you and rich in our giving to others. And I just pray that we, as your church, would continue to grow in this path towards greatness, continue to move. Beyond ourselves because of what you have done in us. And you'll do yes. So we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment where we can experience you. The great and awesome God as we serve others in your life. Thank you all this in Jesus' name. We're going to receive our offering, this weekly thing that we do where we set aside money in order to continue to spread the gospel message and care for the needs of others. This is an expression of our worship. We don't do this sake, but cheerfully participate in the movement of Jesus and to show our faith that everything we have is